Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. Awesome. A few announcements for you this morning. And uh, just have a look at the big screen behind me. Yep, that's me. Okay. So, uh, and it goes through the Bible, gives you a good understanding what the Word of God is about. And so, uh, grab one of those. Men's breakfast is the next thing that's happening, and that's on Saturday, the 11th of February. And our guest speaker is Bradley. Thank you, Brad. And Brad's going to share. So I know it'll be good. And there's food for men. And what else can we say? We just need food. That's all there is to it. Now, uh, the next one is a Triple P program. That's a positive parenting program. Pastor Randall will be uh, running that. And you will see some ads come through on Facebook within our community. We want to engage our community, the parents, and just how they can best, you know, parent their children. This is a fantastic program. So if you have, uh, you know, friends that are, you know, finding it hard to, uh, you know, work with their kids, Pastor Randall has all the answers. He will fix it up for you, okay? That would be good. Now, uh, on the 26th, we have our child safety training. If you're a volunteer, you need to be part of that. That's with the blue card. All our volunteers are blue carded, and it is a requirement that you do the training. And it's not just child safety training. There's many, many aspects that we need to be aware of as a church. And if you have not been baptized and would like to be baptized, making an adult decision that you've asked the Lord to come in your life and you want to confirm that and make a public declaration, then water baptism is the way to go. So please see Pastor Pavey. And next week, uh, the kids will be starting back in Power Kids and that will be great. So Please see Tash if you would like your kids to go along to that. You have a great time. I have to restrict Tash every now and then because she comes up with these incredibly interesting ways to connect with the children. So I've got your back, parents, all right? But Tash is great. You'll have a great time. And there are several ways to give, direct deposit, uh, giving at the back of the FPOS machine or through a Tidely app. And there is a cash box down the back. Okay. And just keep following us on Facebook. Two other... Well, this morning, uh, Pastor Randall is going to speak, and I know it'll be a great message. So would you welcome as he comes this morning? Good morning, everyone. How are we going? Yes, school starts tomorrow. I cannot believe it. I was at school on uh, last Wednesday. I went to school because I work in a high school. And um, none of the teachers could believe that it was time to get back to school again. They're all like, still there, they're hardly, hardly coping at all with the uh, pressures of school. But um, it's back again. Uh, you can believe we're in our fourth Sunday of 2023 already. Time certainly flies. Uh, just to clear something up, I do not have all the answers when it comes to parenting. Despite what Pastor Jim says, I do, not, I do have four children, but I certainly am learning all of the time. They are teaching me as much as I teach them. I do not have all the answers. Um, let's, uh, let's pray this morning as we come around God's word, yes? 
Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is living and active. Lord, speak to us this morning. We ask this morning, Holy Spirit, what are you teaching us this morning? What are you speaking to us in our hearts and our minds and our souls? Let us be open to receive as you speak this morning, Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Even though I went back to school uh, just last week, um, I was only on holidays from the church uh, for a couple of weeks. So I went back on uh, in the week of New Year's. And one of the jobs we do is we mow the lawn. You might notice we have a lot of lawn to mow. And so we have a ride-on lawnmower to do that. And last Thursday, I was mowing the lawn on the ride-on. And I was, when I mow the lawn, I, I have my phone in my pocket and I have my earbuds in. I listen to podcasts. So I listen to podcasts when I mow. And usually I, I listen to sermons. So I listen to uh, Robert Morris from Gateway Church in Texas, uh, Craig Rochelle from Life Church, and a few others that I cycle through. And when you have a phone in your pocket, sometimes you have this sixth sense, this intuition that it's not where it should be. Who's ever had that? You know it's here, but you feel like it's not there. And so you do this. And you either are relieved when it is there, or you're like, where's my phone gone? I had this moment happen to me on the ride on lawnmower last Thursday. I was just riding, mowing the lawn, riding along, and I had this sense that my phone was not where it should be. And so I did this, and the mower did this, and then I stopped the mower, and then I was like, no, my phone is gone. My phone is gone. And what's your first thought? You're on a lawnmower, the ride on lawnmower, you can't find your phone. What's your first thought? I've made my mobile, yeah? Okay? I was thinking, no, that, surely I have my podcast up high, it has to be over the, the loud, the sound of the lawnmower. I thought, but surely I would have heard. If I ran out of my lawn phone, I'm sure I would have heard it, yes. Of course. Of course I would have felt it, you know, spinning metal blades and so forth. And so I stopped the mower and I got off the mower. And I looked around the mower and I looked in where the engine was behind the seat. And here's my phone sitting in the, in the lawnmower next to the, where the engine is. And I'm like, I pulled the phone out carefully. And it's very hot because it's next to the engine, very hot. And I was like, oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. I was like, it's okay, everyone. It's okay. I found my phone. No one was around me. I was completely by myself. The neighbors saw me talking to myself. They probably think I'm crazy. But I was, I was fine. My phone was fine. But my first thought was that I had destroyed my mobile. It went to the worst possible expectation. The thing is, though, is that I had evidence that my phone was fine because the podcast was still playing in my ears. So my phone had to be okay. And it had to, be, had to be close because it was still playing, so it couldn't be scattered somewhere in the middle of the grassland. So even though I had evidence to suggest that my phone was fine, my instinctive thing was to, pre to prepare for the best, but expect the worst. Expect the worst. As humans, we are inclined to think that the worst will happen. We do it all the time. We go to the doctor just for some routine tests. They take some blood. They send the results away. And part of your mind can't help but think, what if they find something? There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfectly fine. You feel fine. But part of your mind goes to this place. It drifts to this place. What if something is wrong? The worst possible outcome. And then we tell ourselves that's okay. Because if something bad does happen, at least we've prepared ourselves for it, right? That's what we tell ourselves. We begin to justify our negative expectations. It's okay to think that way because at least I won't be so shocked when it happens. The problem is, is that when we always expect the worst, that eventually becomes such a habit 
that we stop expecting anything good. In fact, even though we believe in a good God, the habit pushes us towards expecting such negative things that we stop expecting anything at all. And then expectation gives way to apathy. Today I want to talk about expectations. Specifically, I want to talk about engaging in our expectations, engaging our expectations again, not letting apathy gain hold in our lives, but expecting good to happen, lifting our expectations. So to do that, firstly, we need to understand what we're talking about. What is expectation? How do we define expectation? Well, expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case. So it is a strong belief that this thing will happen. This is going to happen. This will be the case. This is what I expect. This is how it's going to be. When Google Maps tells me it takes me 40 minutes to get to work, I expect it will take at least 45 minutes to get to work. Not because I'm being negative. I'm being realistic because Google Maps is always wrong. It always takes longer than it says it does. When I watch my beloved Canterbury Bulldogs play football, my expectation has been that they will lose. Alex is already laughing because he knows. But in 2023, I'm expecting greater things. I'm expecting winning this year. See, expectation is simply your belief that something, that this thing will happen. Okay, so what is apathy then? Apathy is a lack of enthusiasm, interest or concern. When we stop believing that good things will happen, then eventually apathy will take root in your life. You will stop being enthusiastic about things. You will lose interest in activities that once brought you joy. And most concerning is that now you have a lack of concern about things in your life. And when you stop being concerned about things, I think there's a problem. When you stop caring about things, something needs to change. Something has to happen differently in your life. We need to engage our expectation. Now you might be thinking, you might be thinking, I'm not quite at the level that I've stopped caring about things. I'm not, I'm not that. So I want you to think of it as a spectrum, as a line. And at one end, you have people who expect good things all of the time. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be great. 2023 is going to be the best year I've ever lived in my entire life. We all know people like that. Maybe that's you. I don't know. At the other end, you have the people where apathy has taken hold. They've stopped caring. They've stopped expecting anything at all. And somewhere, we all fit on that line. We all fit on that line somewhere. And the best way to figure out where you fit on that line is to ask yourself this one question. This one question. What do I really expect 2023 to be for me? What do I really expect 2023 to be for me? We've already been through four weeks of it. So you've got some sort of gauge already, maybe. But what do you expect the rest of it to be? I want you to ask yourself honestly, what do you really think this year is going to have for you? Because that will tell you where you are on this line. Maybe you have great expectations. Maybe you have all these possibilities. Maybe you are thinking good things. Or maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you think that tomorrow will be the same as today. That next week will be the same as this week. That next month will be the same as this month. That this year will just be the same as last year. Maybe that's where you are. Nothing is going to change. No matter where you find yourself on the line, I believe that today's message is for you. Uh, a week ago, I got the word expectation from God. He said expectation. I said, okay, that's what I'm going to talk about. But I had no idea what I was going to say. 
Not a clue. No idea what that meant. And so on Tuesday last week, we had a prayer retreat for chaplaincy. I'm a chaplain in a high school, and so we went away and we had a prayer retreat. It was at Brookfield, in the lush green forests of Brookfield. And as we do, we pray. And I was sitting in this nice environment. You know, there's trees and there's birds singing, and it's lovely. I ended up sitting there. And I was asking God, what on earth am I going to speak about, Jesus? Jesus, help me. You need to help me. What am I going to speak about? And three points came, just like that. I wrote them down. It took me five minutes. Three points came. So I believe that today is a message for someone here, maybe all of us here, that God wants you to listen and to change your expectations, to engage with them this year. No matter where you find yourself on the line, Every one of us needs to engage our expectations. We need to strongly believe something will happen this year. And we can do that in three ways. And here's the first point that God gave me. The first point was expand your expectations. Expand your expectations. Whether they're big, whether they're small, whether they're good, better, best, whether they're not so good, not so better, and not at all best, simply expecting the same. Whatever they are. We all have room to expand our expectations. We can always expect more. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 3. Book of Acts chapter 3 verse 1. We're going to read a little story involving Peter and John. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Remember, lame from birth, being carried in. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and said, Look at us. Peter said, Look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the layman by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his back, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Some things to note in this story. First of all, we note that the man was lame since birth. You have to remember that. He's never walked in his life. He's never leapt or skipped or jumped or ran anything. He's never walked in his life. He sat outside the beautiful gate, or the temple gate. The beautiful gate was made of bronze, so it was literally beautiful. And those who were Jews, they would enter the temple, in and out, and they would give money, because part of Judaism is to be charitable. It's expected to give charity, to give people who needed, who were in need. And so it was a great place to sit and beg. If you're a beggar, this is where you would sit. We know that from Mark 12 when Jesus is talking about how the Pharisees like to see everyone, how much they give. They would hear the coins and everyone could see how much they give, how generous they were. And Jesus talks about the old widow who gave two little coins and about how she gave more than the rest. But we'll get to that story a little bit later. So here's a beggar sitting in the most opportune place, knowing that people are going to give. And along come Peter and John. And so he has always done traveling. He asked them for money. Because he's a beggar. That's what they do. They ask them for money. And so they look at the man. Peter and John look at the man. They get his attention. And what does it say? It says that he expected some money. He expected them to give money to him. His expectation was that they would do 
like everyone else has done, and they would just give money to him. But Peter replies, I don't have any silver or gold. I have no money for you. But I will give you what I do have. And then, in the name of Jesus, he heals the man. The man is healed through the power of Jesus. And he's skipping, jumping, running, doing stuff that he's never done before. The man's expectations is that they would give money. Because his whole life has been spent begging for money. That's all he can do to make a living, to survive, to buy food. That's all he can do. That's what he has always done. That is how it has always been. But God is not about doing what has always been done. God is not about doing what has happened before. You see, God is about doing something new. Just as bad as expecting the worst can be simply expecting the same. We fall into the habit of just expecting what has happened before. We just expect everything to be the same. We expect life to be the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. But what if? What if we expected something new? What if you expected something new to happen in your life? What if instead of being like the lame man, expecting the same, we chose to expand our expectations, expect this day, tomorrow, next week, next month, this year, to have something new for us? What if we did that? What does God say to his people in Isaiah 43? See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Sometimes we don't. But God is about doing new things. This is not a new thing. God has always done new things. The man's expectations were born out of what he knew, what he had experienced. What was God's response? He doesn't give back the man something that he had lost. He wasn't returning to him something that he didn't have anymore. He was giving him something he had never had before. The ability to walk. God gave him something new. And where did the man go? Where did he go as soon as he could walk? He went into the temple. He went into a place where he had never been before. Because he's not allowed to go into the temple. He's a beggar. He's not allowed to go in there. He can't get in there. So God does something new so he can go somewhere he's never been before. God wants to do something new in your life to take you somewhere where you've never been. He wants to take you to a new place in your life to do something you've never done before. He, God wants to do something new. Maybe 2023 is the time to expand your expectation because God wants to do something new in your life. He wants to do something new in your relationships, in your family, in your career, in your heart and your mind and your soul. He wants to do something new and take you to a new place. But the only thing stopping you is you don't expect anything to happen. We don't have the expectation. You're not asking God to do something new. You're not believing for a new thing or a new place. God wants to do a new thing. And all we need to do is have faith that God will take us there. To have faith that God wants to use us, do something new and take us somewhere new. Let's have the faith to strongly believe that something new will happen which is good and will take us to a new place. Let's expand our expectation in 2023, yes? Yes. So we need to expand our expectation. The second thing we need to do is exceed others' expectations. We need to exceed others' expectations. 
So now we're believing for a bigger, better, best 2023. We're lifting our eyes to expect more, believing God wants to do something new in our lives. What do we do next? We need to be part of someone else's expectations. We can be part of someone else and what they're expecting to happen this year. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 8, Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he says this, And now, my brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overwhelming, overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they, were, they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. They exceeded their expectations. First of all, we're talking about the Corinthian church. Paul is writing to them. He's writing to the church at Corinth because they made a promise. They promised that they would give to the church at Jerusalem. They promised they would give, and a year later, they have not given. They have not done what they had promised. And so Paul writes to them, giving them an example of another group of churches, the Macedonian churches. Now, for your information... The Macedonian churches included at least the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, and the church at Berea. Okay? Two of those should be familiar to us. Letter to the Philippians, First and Second Thessalonians. They're written to churches in the Macedonian region. That's who Paul's talking about. This group of churches is going to be provided as an example to the Corinthian church. Now these churches, they were under immense hardship. Immense hardship. The region that included these churches had been going under civil war for a very long time. Under many Caesars, there had been civil war ravaging the natural resources of their lands. They suffered greatly under Roman occupation. The metal workers and the craftsmen who lived, who lived in those churches, who worked in those churches, lost their jobs because when they became believers, they refused to make idols. They refused, and so they lost their jobs. And so they have civil war, they're under hardship and persecution, they've lost their jobs. And yet, Paul uses the term that they are an example of both joy and generosity. These Macedonian churches are joyous and they're generous. In verse 2, Paul seems to provide a weird equation. He says that joy plus poverty equals generosity. Joy plus poverty equals generosity. Now, in our economy, in the world's economy, that makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. But in God's economy, it is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Despite their trials, they had joy because they had found Jesus. Their joy was in the Lord. They had joy because they had found Jesus. They weren't rich in financial terms. They were destitute. They had nothing. But they gave what they had and even gave more than what they had. Gave until it hurt. They gave out of their poverty. Remember, Mark 12, Jesus talking about the widow. Her gift was more because why? She gave out of her poverty. She gave all that she had. 
the Macedonian churches have given everything that they have and they've given it in joy. They've given it joyously. They've given with joy out of poverty and that resulted in what? Generosity. Generosity. Don't look at how much you have or how much you give and think, my gift is not worth it. My gift is not worthy. My gift is not worth as much as someone else's. You can never think that your gift is too small. You can never think that just because your gift isn't as great as someone else's, that it's not worth as much. If you give out of joy, then you experience true generosity. If we give out of joy. But the thing is, the churches didn't stop there. They didn't just give out of their poverty and give joyously. In addition to giving, they pleaded with Paul to join what he was doing. They gave financially and then they wanted to give of themselves. Take me, Paul. I will come and I will help you. They gave of themselves. They wanted to offer themselves. They begged Paul that he would take them and do what he was doing for Christ. And so Paul lifts them up as an example for the Corinthian church. He says they exceeded our expectations. They exceeded even what Paul think they would, thought they would do. They went above and beyond. They gave out of what they had. They sought to give of themselves to the cause. Here we are, use us. They've been persecuted. Their homes and lives have been ravished. They've lost their jobs. And still they say, take what we have and then take us as well, that we may serve God. We can be part of someone else's expectations by giving of ourselves, by saying to God, use me. That is a scary prayer, people. It is a scary prayer to say to God, I want you to use me. Because if you pray that prayer, God will answer that prayer and he will use you. That's what God is calling us to do, to, be, to use us if we have the courage and the boldness to say, use me. In your family, in your workplace, in your school, amongst your friends, in your interest group, in your neighborhood, God can use you to help someone engage with their expectations again. People who are looking to hope again. People who need something to believe in. People who have a need. We can fill that need. Ask God, where are the needs in my life? Who are people who have needs in my life? And then you can fill it. Go above and beyond and exceed their expectations. Because here's the thing. Their expectations aren't about you. Their expectations might actually be about God. Their expectations might be about their faith. Because they might have prayed to God, God, you need to help me. They might have prayed, God, I need you to intervene. I need you to feel this need. And then when you pray, God, use me, and they pray, God, touch my need, what does God do? He help makes you fill their need. God uses you to fill their need. You become the answer to their prayer. And who, does, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Because they prayed to God, and he answered them. And therefore, their expectation is that God cares and loves, for them, loves them. By who? By using us. By using you. A uh, long time ago, Jane and I were living in Lismore. And, uh, and we had these people into our church. They lived down the road from us. And they were a family. They had four kids. Uh, so before Jane and I had any kids. Um, so BK, before kids. I can't remember what their life was like. But 
we were we knew them for a very long time. And they had four young children. And uh, if anyone knows Lismore, you know that the job market isn't plentiful in Lismore. It's difficult to find a job in Lismore. It wasn't back then anyway. And uh, so the mum was at home because she had four small children. And the husband, he, he was having trouble finding work. And so they were in, they were in a bit of trouble. And uh, their car broke down. And they didn't have a car. And it's much harder to find a job when you have no car, especially in Lismore because there's no public transport. Well, there is, but it's not very good. And uh, they were living downtown, which is kind of close to everything. But as we know, Lismore is known for one very small thing. It floods, often. And so they, had to, they lost their house. They had to move. They were renting a place and they had to move. And so they moved way up into the suburbs of Ganelabar. The problem with that is, is it's isolated. There's definitely no public transport up there. And so they had no car. They couldn't get anywhere. And Jane and I, uh, being friends of those, we, um, they were uh, quite upset. And they're sort of saying, we don't know what to do. Uh, we're praying to God to help us. We're not sure what to do. And Jane and I went home. And we had a conversation. And both of us felt the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to buy them a car. And I was like, pardon Jesus? Like, we didn't have a large amount of cash, but we had enough. We could buy the car. And when the Holy Spirit asks you to do something, the only answer is yes. Because no is not really an option. Because if you believe in Jesus, you should be doing what he asked you to do. And so he bought them a car. I don't tell this story to make myself look good. Okay, that's not, that's not what the story is about. The story is about answering someone else's prayer. They prayed to God. God said, buy them a car. God used us to answer their prayer. How much more do they believe in God because he answered their prayer? God can use you to exceed someone else's expectations of God. That's amazing. Think of Jesus and the, and the, the 5,000. Like he's been talking all day and there's no food. Woolies is too far away to get food from. And all they had was a small boy with some loaves and fishes. And Jesus used that to feed 5, 10, 15,000 people. He exceeded the disciples' expectations. He exceeded the people's expectations simply by being there and available. We can exceed others' expectations if we say, God, use me, use me. So they will know that he hears them and he loves them. So we need to expand our expectations. We need to exceed the expectations of others. My third point is this. I've titled it, Eternal Expectations Are Insured. And I'll explain what that means. It's all good and well to talk about expanding our expectations, to believe that 2023 will be something new. It's all good to believe that God is going to take us to a new place, to have greater expectations in the past. It's nice. It's nice to talk about being someone else's answer to prayer, God using us to exceed their expectations, to make ourselves available. But is it possible? Is it real? Is that reality? I mean, it sounds good in here with your comfortable seat and the air conditioning and while you're in church. It sounds good here, doesn't it? It sounds good. But when we leave this building, there's a danger. There's a danger that once we leave, the pressures of life will press in on us. That the to-do list we have will keep getting longer. That we expect 
bigger, better, best. We want to do that, but the world is full of distractions. It's full of consumerism. Comfort is king. We become exhausted with life. The danger is that it sounds good in here, but out there, it doesn't happen. So how do we do that? How do we live the life where we can expand our expectations? We can exceed others' expectations? Well, we do it by the third point. Because we know what we expect when we die. Our eternal expectations are insured. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 62. We're going a bit old school. We're going to read from the NKJV. Old school. Psalm 62, verse 5. This is David writing. He says, My soul wait patiently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. He, is, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. God alone is our refuge. We can trust in nothing else but God. Everything else passes away. But God and his word will be there forever. He is the one who promises are always fulfilled. Our, exter- our eternal expectations are ensured. They're not in question. We have eternal life because of Jesus. Nothing can change that. Jesus defeated death once and for all. That will never change. David writes here, my expectation is from him. The word expectation is the word tikva. And tikva literally means cord. The idea is that we are attached to our Lord God. We are attached with a cord to him. He attaches himself to us. We attach ourselves to him. And nothing, nothing can sever the cord. Nothing. If we live knowing that we are attached to him always, that he is always with us, that nothing can separate us from his love, Romans 8, we should all know it. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are connected with him all of the time, eternally, perpetually. And if we live knowing that, if we live, I have a revelation that he is with us always, that his promises always prevail, that he never leaves us nor forsakes us, that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus, that our heaven is assured, then surely, surely knowing all of that, we can live a life full of confidence, full of boldness, imparting life to other people, knowing that he's with us. We can ask God to use us to show people that they too can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus, you have nothing to fear. Nothing. Nothing to fear. Because he is with you. Things can get scary. But we need to know that he is with us and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Where we spend our eternity is guaranteed. The life that we live on this planet 
is but a mist on a mirror. When you get out of the shower and it's there, then it's gone. That's our life. It may seem long at times, but in the grand scheme of eternity, it is so, so short. And our eternity is assured. The National Institute of Mental Health, they uncovered the number one fear people have. Do you know what the number one fear people have is? What was that, Dave? Public speaking. People fear public speaking more than they fear death. But I'm sure if you gave them the option, I'll either kill you if you don't get on that stage, everyone will get on the stage. Okay? But they fear public speaking. It may surprise you, but I was once afraid of public speaking. There is no way that teenage Randall Gill would ever have done what I'm doing at this very second. Never. That is the power of Jesus Christ. No, that's right. He didn't. I will attest to that. At least not this week. So it's all right. I can't help you with the public speaking thing. I'm sorry, but I can't. But I can help to remind you that we don't need to fear death. Death has no power over us. It has no power over those who believe. Jesus Christ dealt with that. He defeated death on the cross. When I was in high school, I had studied a poet called John Donne. Who's ever heard of John Donne before? Anyone? Yeah, it was a few. He wrote this sonnet. This is the abbreviated version of the sonnet. He said this, Death be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkest thou dost overthrow. Die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. John Donne did some questionable things in his life, but he believed He believed in Jesus. He believed in God. He knew that death had no power over him, that even though we die, it is but a short sleep, and we wake eternally. Death itself, in fact, is now subject to death. We can use our ensured eternal expectations to give us confidence to live our life here. God is our rock and our salvation. David writes, He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Let us not be moved by distractions, by pressures, by our comfort. But let us use the confidence we have only in Jesus, only found in Christ. He is our strength. So let's use his strength to live for him, bringing glory to him. That we would have the courage and the faith to expand our expectations, to believe, to strongly believe that he will do something new in your life to take you to a place you've never been before. Let's engage with our expectations. Let's use our confidence in him to exceed the expectations of other people, the people in your life, the people that you love and care about, that you work with, that you live with. God can use you to show them that he is real and that he loves them. And he wants to save them. And it's available to them if only they would believe. Let's be the ones who meet the needs of other people. To be the answer to their prayer. Let's be used by God. I want to finish this morning with an expectation for ourselves. It's like an epilogue. And it's found in Philippians. This is one of the churches that Paul was writing to. There's Macedonian churches in facing hardship and trial. This is what he writes to them. In Philippians 1.20, he says this, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, 
but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honour to Christ whether I live or die. I fully expect, this is what I tell myself, 2023, I fully expect that I will never be ashamed. I hope I'm never ashamed of the gospel, never ashamed of Jesus, because we live in a world that seems to want us to be ashamed for what we believe in. We can't allow that to happen. We can never be ashamed of what God has done for us, what Jesus did for us on the cross. But I hope, I hope that I will continue to be bold for Christ. That I will have confidence because my eternity is assured. I will have confidence to live boldly for him. And it says that I have been in the past. Maybe you haven't been bold in the past. But think of it this way. Maybe your future self can look back to today's self and say, that was the day I decided to be bold for Christ. That was the day I decided. And my future self can say, I will be bold like I have been in the past. Today is the day you can decide, I will be bold for Jesus. And I trust, I trust that my life will bring honour to him. In everything that I do, I will bring honour to Jesus. And let me not ever, Jesus, let me not ever bring disgrace to your name. Never let me bring dishonour to the name of Jesus, whether I live or die. That sounds extreme. But we're only here for a short time, people. Let's live our lives honouring Jesus. This should be our expectation for 2023. Let this verse be our goal. Our goal for 2023. Let's expect bigger, better, best. That will make ourselves available asking God to use us. I'm going to ask the musicians to come now if they would. That each of us would expect that we can be used by God to exceed the expectations of others. There are other people out there not sure if God exists. He's not sure if he's listening to them. But then he can use us to answer their prayer and then they will know beyond a doubt that he is real and that he loves them. That's what God can use us. That's powerful. Let's believe this year. Let's expand our expectations. Let's exceed others' expectations because we know that our eternity is assured. We ask to stand with me this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that we would leave here and not let the stuff of this world stop us from expanding our expectations. Yes? Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Oh God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you that you sent him to die on the cross for us. And that he was willing and obedient to death, even death on a cross. That because of that, because of that, he defeated death. That we no longer need to fear death. We no longer need to be afraid of what comes next. Because our eternity is assured. We know what to expect. And because we know what to expect, God, we can live our lives full of confidence and boldness. Because we know what's going to happen to us. Because our time is short. And so I pray, God, because we know what to expect, I pray that you would use us. Lord, let us be bold and courageous to say, God, use me. God, use me to exceed the expectations of others. That as they have prayed, the people in our lives, they're praying to God, they're crying out to God, they're crying out to you. They're crying out to you. And we say, God, use us. We say, God, use us.
And so I say, God, use us. Use us to answer their prayer, to do what we can do, even though it seems small, even though we don't think it's going to be very effective, that we will be obedient. We would listen. We would hear the call. And we would go. And just maybe, just maybe, you will use us to show someone else that you are real. Because this year we want to do something different. This year we want to expect something new. God, we want to expect that you're going to do something new in our lives. We want to believe, we want to strongly believe this year, 2023, that you're going to do something new in our lives. You're going to take us to a new place. We believe. Not that today will be the same as yesterday and the day before and the day before. We're going to believe that today and tomorrow and next week and next month and this year, we're going to believe that you're going to do something new. You're going to take us to a new place because you're going to use us to do mighty things that are going to bring glory to your name. Let us trust in you. Let us strongly believe. Let us have faith in 2023. And let us declare. Let us declare this morning that we would never that we will bring honor to Jesus, that we would never ever bring dishonor to you, that we would honor the name of Jesus, that we would bring you honor, whether we live or die, no matter what we do, in every action, every thought, every decision, we will bring honor to you. Let's believe, let's believe this year for something new, for something greater. Let's believe for big, better, best in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.